We are Artist Uprising. We have started a movement. Call it a revival for arts and entertainment. Call it a renaissance or united belief. That creativity should be undoubtedly expressed in a way that shapes culture for the better. That artists should have the resources they need to do the work that runs through their veins. And with the gathering of resources, we will one day abolish the phrase, starving artist. Day and night, the movement does not cease, for creativity never sleeps. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Artist Uprising podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We are interviewing the top 25 creatives in Dallas. And on today's episode, we have a creative genius. Travis Austin is our guest today. Travis Austin is building a brand here in Dallas. He makes one-of-a-kind leather jackets, custom Travis Austin hats, and vintage band tees. You can find all his art on Instagram at Travis Austin Customs and his website, TravisAustinCustoms.com. In this episode, we talk about how Travis got started, what his schedule is like, and what his motivation is every day to wake up and create something of meaning and purpose, his big dreams and goals, and exciting things that are in the works. Travis Austin is a great guy, and he is so driven to create the best art that he can create. It was such a blast getting to have a conversation with him and hear his story and figure out who he is and why he does what he does. Thank you so much for listening. Here is my conversation with Travis Austin. Travis, thanks for being on the podcast. Hey, thanks for bringing, having me here. Um, busy day today? What do you got going on today? Always busy, man. Clients throughout the day, working at our uh, our next location, and then uh, just trying to have a life on top of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What time does your day start? Uh, my day starts at 6.30 every day. Um, that's coffee and usually MSNBC at home, just like catching yeah. up on everything and, you know, having 30 minutes to myself and then out the door and ready to tackle the, uh, the business world, the yeah. art world by like 7, 7.30 each morning. And what time do you finish? Like what time is it like? Uh, I usually leave. I take clients um, at my showroom whenever I'm here in Dallas until in between 7 and 8. Um, and then depending on our... Um, you know, musician or athlete projects, you know, we're working until anywhere from eight to 10 in the showroom. And then, you know, it's always admin and, you know, yeah. bat house actually growing the business stuff, you know, whenever we get home. Yeah. Um, but I say this all the time because of what we're doing, growing a business, being, you know, growing an art based business, I am terrified every single morning when I wake up and every night before I go to bed. Really? And I firmly believe that if you don't feel like that, then you're not mm. doing something right. Yeah. So when I wake up in the morning, it's kind of my routine. I give myself that 30 minutes to be terrified. Yeah. So usually from 6.30 to 7, 7 to 7.30, I'm like, I'm waiting out, man. Yeah. Like, I'm like <laughs> listening to everything I have to do in my head, trying to balance everything. Yeah. And I give myself that 30 minutes while I have my coffee, while I collect myself, you know, from the news or yeah. whatever. And then as soon as I step out the door, I'm the most confident person in the world. Yeah. But I I believe for me and, and my own mental, it's that 30 minutes in the morning, it's that 30 minutes at night that kind of, oddly enough, ties everything together for yeah. me. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Had you always felt like that? Yeah. Um, I've always been the most confident person in the room. Um, but with that being said, I know damn well what, what's in front of me yeah. always yeah. and no matter what industry I'm in whether it was when I was food and, in food and beverage or you know, now in design and branding um, I'm always even 
even if I don't know exactly what my next step is, I'm very, very confident mm-hmm. um, and comfortable knowing that I'm I'm going to figure it out before that that foot hits the floor. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that's always kind of been my nature, is my yeah. parents' nature, and uh, yeah, it's just I'm I'm very blessed to to have that yeah. you know instilled within me because yeah. not a whole lot of people that confidence is not a natural thing. Yeah, to most of the world, um, that ties into kind of what we're doing and how we're doing it and how important it is to us because mm-hmm. our whole mission, my whole mantra and mission is to take the confidence that I've been blessed to have and then give it to as many people as possible through our clothing. Yeah, so. that's really cool. Yeah. So what do you do? Like, wh- who yeah. are you? What is Travis Austin? It's a it's a brand. Yeah. You're doing something. What kind of... So out, outside of the nutshell, there are a lot of different yeah. spokes to the wheel um, that we like to accomplish. Yeah. But at its core, Travis Austin is a fashion house. Um, I'm a designer. And, you know, whether it be confidence or community building or mm-hmm. branding, we do all of that through clothing. Um, so leather and custom hats and custom vin- curated vintage pieces yeah. is the core of my brand. Leather is is the backbone. Um, that's what will be available worldwide, you know, within yeah. th- by the end of this year. Um, through those things... And our show and our physical locations, which right now is Dallas and Nashville, uh, in the next twelve months, Chicago and LA will be open as well. Through those showrooms, we build community through, you know, donating our space to um, local artists that need their own space, mm-hmm. donating it to charities that need event spaces, so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah. Um, mentorship programs, boys and girls clubs. Anything you can imagine, we do through our showrooms. We, I try to be a disruptor in everything I do, and the world of retail has been flipped upside down in the past couple of years. Um, but as far as we can remember back, brands in the fashion industry, they open stores and they open, phys- they open physical locations mm-hmm. in order to move more product and to yeah. sell. Yeah. That's it. Right. That cut and dry, that is the retail fashion industry. I thrive disruption in my life. I want to be a disruptor in everything I do. So I want to be a fashion house that does not open physical locations solely to serve myself and my company. I want to open physical locations to serve those communities that I'm opening in. Mm -hmm. So every single showroom that we open will be a community art platform. Every single showroom that we open will be a you know, a donated charity space, yeah. you know, so on and so forth. That's really cool. Yeah. When did you start this? When did you you get this um, this dream or this idea to mm-hmm. disrupt the fashion industry, disrupt mm-hmm. the the retail industry, and how did you take those steps to to yeah. move that forward? So it all starts uh, right out of college. The first industry I jumped into was food and beverage. Okay. I was a competitive bartender um, and, a, and a conceptor, and then I would broker my concepts to restaurant groups um, and investors, and then I would sell myself as the, you know, as either the project manager, the GM, so on and so forth. Okay. I did that for years in Detroit, Chicago, LA, and San Diego. I, uh, through just my character and how I treat people, I built some really, really amazing relationships, strong relationships that held a lot of trust in the nightlife industry. 
So fast forward now to 2014, I was signed with a modeling agency in LA. Um, I got lucky and I had a lot of tattoos and a man bun and a beard when it was, you know, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was working with a lot of different designers. And I've always been kind of like proud of my personal style and, and very um, confident and, and comfortable with it. And I just, it got to the point where I was working with all these d- designers. I loved all these clothes. I just decided I wanted to, I could do this. You know, I don't want to work for these mm-hmm. people. I, I want to be one of these people. Yeah. And I knew at that point that I could, this was my vehicle to bring confidence to a lot of different people, which has always kind of been my life's goal. Um, and I, I saw the opportunity within the clothing market. Yeah. I didn't know anything. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Yeah. So I'll never forget uh, Black Friday of 2014, the day after Thanksgiving. I went to Target. I bought a $99 camera. I bought a Moleskine notebook and a box of Crayola colored pencils. And if you scroll back far enough on my Instagram, I, that first picture is there. Yeah. And... Uh, I started a company that night called Layers Clothing. And I made dad caps and T-shirts and what every quote-unquote design streetwear designer yeah. makes first. Right. And uh, I did that for like six months, taught myself how to do certain things, you know, made different types of hats, made different shirts, you know, made some flannels, tried to, like, you know, get, you know, low-end hip-hop people to yeah. like, wear my shit. Yeah. So uh, there's a nightclub in San Diego called Omnia. And because of the relationships I alluded to before, they trusted me. And yeah. like, hey, do you want to host a night? You know, we, we're doing this new Thursday night thing with local companies. You know, it'd be really cool. Bring 40 hats, give them away. We'll give you guys a table and just don't fuck it up. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's in the nightlife industry. All you got to worry about is not being a fool yourself. Right. So I did it and uh, brought a bunch of hats, brought like, you know, 20 people, got as many girls as I could wrangle. Yeah. Like, and, uh, and we had a really great night, and I didn't put anything up. Yeah. And uh, that trust that they had in me, I built on it. And two weeks later, they called me, and there's a DJ by the name of Jaws. And this was 20, 2015, probably early 2015. And Jaws was, um, he had a name for himself, but he wasn't who he was now. Jaws now is one widely known across the world as one of the best DJs in America. Um, and it was his first trip to Omnia, San Diego. And he had just started his residency in Vegas. And they said, hey, we have Jaws coming in. We love what you did a couple of weeks ago. Do you want to try to make Jaws like a couple custom pieces from Omnia as a gift to him that, to set us apart from other clubs? Mm-hmm. I said, Abs- absolutely. This is amazing. So I put like everything into it. I... And I bought a bunch of his merch, and I cut it up, and I combined it with other clothes, and I made him a custom T-shirt, and then I made him a, a custom bomber jacket, and then a leather DJ bag that I reupholstered and, and put his yeah. logos on it, and it was great stuff, and that stuff's on the Instagram, too. I'll never take that stuff off, because it just, like, I look at it, like, once a week to remind me, like, yeah. what it was like. So, uh, I made that stuff, and I got to present it to him on stage, and it, like, it was that moment that, that clicked for me in, yeah. in the fashion world. And I knew I wanted to make custom one-of-one pieces um, to help build brands, yeah. mainly for musicians. And uh, I just, I was hooked. Yeah. So I started making custom pieces. I started, you know, I got really lucky and uh, I got a hold of a couple NFL players. Um, and then 
about six months later, Omnia called me back. And I had done like four DJs in between Jaws and, and this point mm-hmm. right now. And uh, they asked me, they said, hey, Tiesto's coming for his 40th birthday. Do you want it? And before they even like, finished asking me, I yeah. said, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, yeah, my, like <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I'm in. I'm in. Like, Jesus, like, I'm not an EDM fanatic, but yeah. it's Tiesto. He's right. like the godfather of music of our <laughs> yeah. generation. So we put a lot of... Uh, a lot of research into who mm-hmm. he was and and the early parts of his career, and we made this suede bomber jacket that was just like it hit on every level. And uh, I'll never forget like five moments in my life I'll remember forever. Yeah. And uh, most of them all have to do with my wife, but this is one that I'll just it will never yeah. leave me. I got to watch him put it on on stage, and like watch his eyes light up, and then he posted on social media that night. And then the next day, he flew that jacket directly to Breda, Netherlands, which is his hometown. And it's not, it's now still sitting in an art gallery enshrined in this huge, huge glass case as a homage to Tiesto and what he means to the Netherlands. Like the coolest wow. thing ever. And that project and that, that attention, just the momentum, the snowball was, was there yeah. after that. Um, after that, uh, G Easy, some other hip hop guys, management, yeah. and like all these uh, MLB, Major League Baseball players, and now I just had momentum everywhere. Yeah, and uh, it was about this time my wife and I, who's from here, were like, okay, well, we need to take the next step for our family, so we're thinking of going to Dallas. And I had this idea, this vision in my head of what my showroom is now in Dallas mm-hmm. of experimental retail, um, and it's you know it's a mixture of a private shopping showroom for all my celebrity clients mixed with a showroom floor just like any other retail location mixed with a community art platform yeah and that's it and uh that i opened here in dallas um in october of of 2018 we're opening nashville in five weeks and uh that's crazy yeah chicago and la are over the next eight to ten months yeah yeah what how do you feel or what's the feeling like when you're about to open a store, about to open a shop? Yeah. Are it's you, that terrified yeah, feeling. Like yeah. It's like, it's, I just to put it in perspective, when I opened the Dallas shop, it was just me. I was all I had to worry about. Yeah. And then I got an assistant, and then I got another assistant and an intern. And it was still like, okay, I have two people to worry mm-hmm. about, but it's like one combined salary. Yeah. Well... We just, you know, I just finished hiring all in Nashville, and now I have eight additional families relying yeah, on me right. and my direction and my competence to build a brand nationally and to scale a brand. And then, you know, once we open Chicago, that will honestly probably be 10 employees, and LA will probably be another 10. Yeah. So you're talking within a year and a half of opening, that's what, 40, about 40 employees on the showroom floors. That's not even in our manufacturing, which I'm also bringing to Dallas. So our ready-to-wear line of leather jackets, our ready-to-wear line of hats, um, all everything that we create will come from Oak Cliff, which is amazing to me because it's my neighborhood. I live in Oak Cliff, and I'm very proud of it. Um, So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of feelings and emotion that goes into opening a Mm -hmm. store. A lot of them are unbelievably positive. Um, and it's, it's not even that being terrified is a negative. It right. just, it's for me, it's, it's how I channel a lot of my energy and momentum yeah. and drive. Um, 
but that more than anything, it's just um, rely. Like I know I'm accountable for a lot more, and it just causes me to to delegate better, be a better leader, mm-hmm. be a better be a better husband because I'm balancing my time, but you right. know, differently, yeah. um, and be a better you know brand owner and brand builder. Yeah. Yeah. What are you most excited about coming up? Like, is it these new stores opening up, or is there? Um, yeah, um, a couple things. So, first and foremost, my wife and I are expecting our first child. Oh no way! Yeah, congratulations! Oh, yeah, we just found out. That's so, awesome. th- and thank you. So that is, and she'd kill me if that wasn't first. So that's number yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, number two, uh, we're filming a a series right now that's going to be released on a, a streaming platform that we all know and yeah. love um, that's going to tell our story. And um, we're producing a show, an art and fashion show, um, that pays homage to Alexander McQueen, who is a famous designer. And uh, we're inviting, you know, you know, Rolling Stone, Vogue, VH1, MTV, uh, you know, Paris, Metro City, all yeah. these art collectors and all these cultural significant people, and we're bringing them to Dallas to be a part of this show. Yeah. And we could have done the show anywhere. So the fact that we did to do it in in our hometown and bring Dallas to the yeah. fashion art work map mm-hmm. is very exciting. Um, and then beyond that, just opening opening Nashville and then um, Chicago will be next. Will be next. And yeah. even though it's the bit of stress adding people to my family and, and having to provide for for other people, that's also the most rewarding yeah. thing. Which yeah. I'm sure any business owner that you guys talk to on this podcast. Um, that's probably the most rewarding thing to them too, yeah. to, to hire these people, to understand how excited they are about what you built. Right. And then to actually live up to it and yeah. provide for them yeah. is a, is a pretty amazing thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I can, I would think it's terrifying, but also like, Oh yeah. As much excitement. Yeah. Maybe more excitement than the terrifying, yeah. but it's just like, I'm not, I, I wasn't bullshitting too. Like every yeah. morning and every <laughs> night I am like on the verge of tears. I'm yeah. so I'm so scared. Yeah. But it's it it's so weird to explain the feeling. It's yeah. not it, you can't put it into words. You you yeah. really can't yeah. because you're you're crying and you have goosebumps <laughs> and you want to go create mm-hmm. all at the same time. Yeah. And uh it's the, it's the best feeling in the world. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um I had a question. What's been what's been the hardest part about everything that you've done up until now has it yeah. been the hiring process has it been thinking of new and different ways to change the retail industry yeah. what's kind of been the, the struggle so, for you oddly like well not oddly but the creation and the disruption and the like the scale like the building a business mm-hmm. that stuff tends to come naturally to me um i like to think of myself as a like there's mechanical engineers there's electrical engineers yeah I like to consider myself a brand and a creative engineer. Um, I get off on, on finding really creative ways to build a business or scale a business that shouldn't be mm-hmm. scalable. And if you look at the core of my business, it's one of one pieces that I create one at a time and I spend hours on them. That shouldn't be scalable as a business. But over the past year, we've creatively figured out this this super strategic and efficient way to mm-hmm. not only disrupt a bunch of industries at the same time, but to scale a, a you know a global company. Um, that stuff has all been fun for me. The most difficult part, bar none, has been a combination of in the first six months of your business, you're so focused on so many different things that 
a lot of times people will come to you and you just say yes. And it's really hard mm-hmm. to say no because you're yeah. so focused and you you just naturally it's a, it's my inherent nature to trust people. Yeah. And that bit me in the ass a couple of times in the very beginning because I just I thought they wanted to be a part of yeah. me and you know this company and mm-hmm. because I want to do good for the community. And that's just not the case in a lot of yeah. instances. A lot of people aren't wired the same way. And I'm very fortunate and very blessed to have an unbelievable team now yeah. um, that stands right next to me every single day in the trenches to build a better community. So finding the right people and then dealing with dealing with a lot of like media and the public mm. is, you know, not this part of the media, because it's because of things like this that allow us to tell stories yeah, yeah. and to really um, network our platform and our community, and that I'm incredibly appreciative and grateful mm-hmm. for. But, you know, the world of art, a lot of people say it's so receptive and accepting of everybody. It's, it's really not. So I've had other designers and other artists that, that might not be truly happy with themselves or the most confident creative mm-hmm. creators attack us and mm-hmm. try to tear us down. Yeah. To the point of like, you know, I woke up one day and I don't, I truly don't have a negative bone in my body. I woke up one day to 500 plus plus death threats in my Instagram inbox, in my email inbox. Yeah. And it was all tied to another artist that there was, there was no reason for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but as your platform grows, it's bound to get attention from right. other platforms. And those platforms aren't always as wired the way yours is. Mm-hmm. And I'll never say that that's, it's wrong or... You know, it's, it's definitely wrong to say those things to people. Right, yeah. yeah. But I, I truly understand that, that people have different stories and they have their own you know, yeah. challenges and, and certain things are more difficult. I understand that. Yeah. So it will never come with retaliation, but it's really hard to ignore. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. you know, especially... Until about three months ago, I had this mindset, like, nobody cares who I am. Like, you know, we might have a couple followers on Instagram, but it's really nothing. Like, we're nothing. But I've had to change that mindset. And, you know, I do understand that there's a lot of other artists, creators, brands, Mm -hmm. designers that are a lot better than us. But even at our state now, I hold a vast responsibility because our platform touches a million people a week. Yeah. And that's now my responsibility to be a, you know, a figure and a confidant and a leader in a lot of different ways to all those people yeah. and to the rest of the industry for that yeah. matter. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, there's a lot of designers I still look up to um, and you know, that's, that's going, that's bound to happen to us. Yeah. So making that mental transformation and understanding that, that other people are wired differently. That's definitely the hardest part about yeah. building a name, yeah. you know, and you know, we've, I've had to like protect ourselves and, you know, we yeah. have a, a team around us, you know, as we grow more bullets are going to come flying our mm-hmm. way, you know, even though I don't think we deserve any of them, you right. know, because, you know, we, we try to do good for everybody. You know, we donate yeah. charity once a month, like we do all these things, but it's going to happen. Right. And understanding that and that there's truly negativity in this world everywhere. Definitely the hardest part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's so sad. Like it is. Like, I, I hate that. I like, I don't get it. I yeah. truly don't get it. But if, as an artist, if anyone sees any similarity in your art and their art, yeah, they're gonna attack you, right? More or less, yeah. 
And that's, that's what happened to us. And I just, these people don't know who I am. They don't know about me. And my, they don't know that. Right. I don't like my brand is Travis Austin, but to me, like that doesn't mean me. That means the community and the family and the ethos of who we are. Like that's yeah. Travis Austin means community, not me, the person. Yeah. And they don't, they have no idea. They don't know what we do every month and they right. don't know the people that we work with. Mm-hmm. And, the fact that we give away probably the equivalent of our actual revenue, we we donate every single year. Um, so it's just wild to me that people will, without understanding all those things, right. attack. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it, it happens. Yeah. You, just, you have to be stronger than it because there's those 20, 30, right. 40 families that are now, you know, relying right. on, yeah. on my direction and my, right. my leadership. So understanding that is, is definitely the hardest part yeah. about any of this. And it will continue to be that yeah. for sure. Yeah. What's, what's a dream or a goal that you have that like you, you want to like chase down that you want to see happen? Oh God. Um, if most, you can narrow it down. <laughs> yeah. There's so many, most immediately Paris fashion week. Um, I would love to, you know, to represent, um, not only Dallas, but my brand um, on, a, on a runway or in a show in Paris Fashion Week. Um, Ten domestic locations, which hopefully we're going to hit in the next three years, is uh, yeah. like my first big milestone. And honestly, a, a $10 million company. It's, yeah. it's what I work for every single morning. It's the first thing I look at every single morning. We, uh, we've grown our company 10x in the past 12 months. And if we, do, if we grow it by 5x, you know, in the next two years, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll hit that goal. And yeah. it's genuinely the first thing I look at every single morning. So yeah. that's all my focus is. Yeah. Um, what, what visual artist do you want our listeners to check out? That's a great question. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use two other designers. Um, and they're two designers that I, I really look up to. One is not no longer with us, uh, Lee Alexander McQueen, who the show that we're producing here in Dallas is an homage to his work. Yeah. And really, my, probably my biggest inspiration in the world of fashion ever. Um, there's just, there's such a beauty in Lee's work and there's a balance to it um, between theatrics and functionality, which is what I try to emulate in all of my clothing and yeah. all of my artwork. Um, there's an amazing show on Amazon platforms called McQueen. Um, if you did a chance, it's just, it's the most beautiful thing, especially if you're into fashion. Yeah. Um, so definitely check that out. And then there's a current designer, um, that I really look up to. Um, his name is Mike Amiri and it's, you know, it's very, very in, very LA, very New York, mm-hmm. but you know, he really emulates the rock star attitude and the, the, the confidence and the character that I try to pull out of my clothing and the attention to detail and the texture you know, and the, and the, and the, that just really the attitude mm-hmm. in everything he does. Yeah. From the visual representation, the media and the lit books down to the rivets and the clothes. It's just, yeah. it's truly unbelievable. And it's, it's all made in LA. Um, he went out all over the world. He couldn't find what he wanted. So, and he's, he's an LA cat. So he decided to, to make all of his clothes in LA. And I, we're doing the same thing in Dallas. Yeah. I don't want to go to LA. I don't want to go to New York. I don't want to go to Metro City. I don't want to, you know, create yeah. anything in, in uh, Asia. So I'm going to do it right here in my backyard. And yeah. we're going to do it in Oak Cliff. Um, 
So that type of like, bravado yeah. and, and confidence is something that I aspire. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, what, uh, where can people find you? You all on Instagram, website? Yeah. I mean, Instagram is definitely the way to go nowadays. Um, Travis Austin Customs um, on Instagram. If you type in Travis, Travis Scott will pop up, and then we're usually right after that. <laughs> uh, we're in Oak Cliff, right on Jefferson Boulevard. Um, super easy to find. Yeah. Um, all of our content info is on the on the Instagram, and then website is again is just TravisAustinCustoms.com. Sweet. Yeah. Um, and last question: What advice would you would you have, or would you give to anybody listening who wants to do what you're doing, who wants to change the game, who wants to go out and mm-hmm. do um, disrupt, you yeah. know, whatever whatever their thing is? Maybe it's retail, maybe it's fashion, maybe yeah. it's um, I don't know anything else. What what advice would you give to them? So. I know our the listenership here goes way past Dallas, but first first thing is if you need somebody to reach out to to, to talk to you about this stuff. Honestly, like I I love to be a mentor, and I take on a lot of different relationships um, on a weekly, monthly basis. So yeah. reach out to me. I would love to just talk to you if you yeah. need someone to talk to. Um, but I did ask this question quite a bit, and it's always the same answer. And it it can be one of a hundred different answers. Mm. Um, but it's don't simply don't be afraid to be terrified, to be scared. Yeah. If you aren't scared, I don't care how confident you are as a person. I am the most confident person in the world. I allow myself to be scared every single day. And it's a lot of different thoughts that creep in, but it's, it's myself being, being afraid of feeling of those feelings swallowing me, yeah. which is what gives me my focus and determination every single day yeah. to continue to grow a business. So if you can allow yourself to feel those feelings in a, in a harnessed way, you can channel the, that emotion yeah. into great positivity and production more importantly. Um, but if you are terrified of those things, 100% chance you're not even gonna allow yourself to take the first step. Mm-hmm. Because you're just going to let that grief and that terror overtake you. But if you can feel those feelings in a constructive environment, which a lot of times having a mentor, having someone to talk right. to really helps yeah. in learning how to do that, which I was very blessed to have and to still have. Um, if you can learn to do those things, you can do literally anything. And that's not coming from a cheesy place, you know, saying you can do anything you put your mind to. Because we've all heard that right. since first grade. Actually, like tangible, tangible emotion and tangible advice coming from someone who's actively going through it. Just be afraid. Yeah. Let it all out. Get it out of your system once and then start talking to somebody and how to constructively feel those things and then take the first step. Yeah. But don't, don't let that negativity prevent you from going forward. Yeah. Because then you're just going to end up miserable. Mm. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Travis, thanks for doing this. Yeah, I appreciate absolutely. your time. We are the artists that make our cities one of a kind. We are the artists behind all the beauty, even in your home. From the architecture that defines the place where you rest to the space in between lined with fine art, handcrafted furniture, and vintage finds, there was an artist who gave you a priceless gift, a piece of themselves. It is our mission to abolish the term starving artistry. This podcast is about interviewing those who have paved the way with their successes in the arts and entertainment industry. 
tune in as they give other emerging artist listeners tips to success, as well as advice in the midst of a tipping point. This podcast series will also be a platform to discover together new emerging talent from all over the world. Stay tuned and explore the next Artist Uprising. Use hashtag Artist Uprising to join the movement.